You just heard the music of Simon Shack. He is the sole author of September Clues, his documentary about the clues we can find in the official 9-11 broadcast that there was a unified, centrally coordinated media cover-up effort on 9-11, and that each media employee made sure to read particular scripts to create an artificial drama on that day to the tune of a computer-generated New York spectacle that would traumatize and hypnotize the overstimulated, underattentive, and thoroughly studied zone of Manhattan. This is the Clues Chronicle, a free public resource provided by cluesforum.info. It is a sort of audio journal meant to replace and improve on the resource we presently call the news because it covers major faults with the news that they will never admit to, not even in alternative media. At cluesforum.info, we discuss the impact of Simon's film and contribute our research to a public pool of data about forensic evidence of false computer graphics used as news. Data the media would rather squash. Our motto is, let's keep it real together. We pride ourselves on only talking about what we think we know and others can check for themselves, rather than pressuring others to believe based purely on comical personality, which is so often the mainstream media way. Please, please research for yourself and come to your own questions and your own answers to those questions. You can view citation of what we discuss in each episode at www.thecluschronicle.info. On the episode one page, there's a link to my KFAI show, which was my first foray into public radio. If you've heard my KFAI show, you might correctly guess that I am a fan of Simon's work and that he inspired me to do my own research into 9-11. What you may not know is that as a result of my research, he and I, together with the efforts of dozens of other vetted researchers, uncovered even more evidence that television and Hollywood special effects were the primary tools the government uses to sell us the 9-11 fairy tale on a daily basis. If you'd like to hear about my presentation of these discoveries, including the fact that none of the four airplanes involved in 9-11 could have ever even left the airport according to their lack of critical FAA documentation, please listen to that show as soon as possible. This episode is called Hi, September Clues, and the possibility that no planes crashed on 9-11. I'm staying with Simon and traveling with him in Italy, and I thought it would be a great opportunity to put together a show with him that helps dispel hilarious rumors that he and I are the central sources of the propaganda simply because we run a forum about the best investigations into the topic. And it would be a great way to introduce a show that gives the average listener a briefing on the powerful tools available to them to discover more about propaganda for themselves. In using iTunes, we're trying to reach a broader audience with special knowledge. Here's the disclaimer. When anyone is going on about the subject of sorting information, it quickly becomes the case that listeners to that someone will have to determine for each of her or his own self who to trust and who not to trust. These days, people talking about information have to address this topic in some way, or aggressively ignore it, or something in between. None of these techniques is a universal way to determine trustworthiness. 
And there you have it. Am I telling you not to trust me? No, but I'm not presuming there is any universal thing I can do to earn real trust. Moving on, you should also get an emotional warning. Some researchers personally view the work as extremely gratifying and optimistic, since it means a number of terrifying false stories are totally unproven and untrue. But others say it is scary, or it feels like a punch in the gut, or it makes people afraid of not knowing and feeling uninformed, like an interference to their sense of the world. As Jack Nicholson pointed out in A Few Good Men, some people cannot handle the truth. I sincerely hope you find yourself in the former camp. But if you don't, spare yourself misery and quit the podcast. About the format we chose. We recognize that by making independent media, we will be borrowing some of the same styles from mainstream and alternative mainstream media. For those of you who are unfamiliar with media analysis, we have tried to format this episode to make sense with media you are familiar with. It is a long-form talk radio broken up by music. We sincerely hope our media stands apart from the news or entertainment you are familiar with, since it is potentially an important tool to help you and your loved ones start to think critically about all the media people try to use to inform themselves about the world. Please determine if this podcast is for you after this introduction.
That was the titular track from Simon's new album, Realativity. Simon is better at speaking about his own music, but hopefully it speaks and sings for itself. If you'd like to hear Simon talk about his music, please see our link to the Fakeologist podcast in our site notes. Once more at www.thecluescronicle.info. Thinking critically is a skill that some of us did not grow up learning about. We were able to choose a program of our choice from a selection of supermarket information products. But we were not told how information grows, how it is nurtured, what threatens information, and what makes it thrive. We are not told how people engineer things that look like information, but do not have the same strength or nutritious content. What we won't do in this show is give you empty calories, genetically modified, designed by committee, sanitized, irradiated, injected, inflated information without skin or crusts. You get it raw and compassionately, if passionately, discovered in the wild. Enough introduction, let's get to the show. The following interview was conducted on September 15th in Simon's Kitchen in Frascati, Italy. As his bandmates hovered in the garden, and his computer was distracted with scientific notes that Simon was working on. I wrote all the questions myself and discussed with Simon beforehand so that he could have answers fresh in his mind rather than stumbling through unexpected questions. The answers are sincere, and I hope that you understand our motivation in making this introduction to Clues Forum is to reach a broader audience with our research. And the best format of accessing our research is actually just going to cluesforum.info. If you have any questions or comments after listening, as I imagine you might, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at the contact page provided in the show notes. And we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Now, on with our recorded interview at Simon's Place on September 15th, 2015. So, Simon, hello. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. I understand you're busy on other projects right now, but I was hoping to properly introduce iTunes listeners to your research and the research of hundreds of others around the world now looking into this topic that you already, for all intents and purposes, solved eight years ago. (laughs) I don't plan on interviewing many people. This is normally a podcast for all of the best research at Clues Forum. But since you and your friends started Clues Forum and you are one of the only people I trust enough to do this with... Is it all right if I steal you away from your music and from your science studies for a bit so you can tell people about the documentary you made in 2007? That's all right. That's all right. I'm happy happy to talk about it. Great. Uh, I feel like we know each other well enough to make this interview format a bit awkward, but is it? Yes, that's really a question I typed up. No, that's fine. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun. Let's, let's do it. Okay. Uh, what is the name of your documentary and how did you come up with that name? The name is September Clues and uh, I came up with the name by, I think it was uh, because I, I was thinking of music at the time. I, I thought there was a, a song called September Blues. There is Old September Blues by My Morning Jacket. Oh, right. Which I think was 1999. Uh-huh. Well, that's mm-hmm. funny. So maybe you know, I just, you know, I wanted to find a little catchy name for the for the movie, and uh, and clues was in my mind because I mean I was 
finding clues all over the place, <laughs> clues of, of the hoax of 9-11. I think that's so funny because I, for the longest time, did not catch that it was like September blues, mm -hmm. uh, which is you know, I, supposedly what people get when they have to go back to work and school in September. But, oh, uh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> September clues, that's, that's really funny. I, that just... When we uh, went over these questions earlier, yeah. I thought that was so funny that uh, I didn't yeah. notice that. <laughs> I see. Um, so even though we will mostly discuss the latest research, it's maybe important to do this interview because it will reflect on the audience's entire feelings about who is presenting this to them and why. And I feel I have the ultimate confidence that we are doing this for good reasons. A good purpose. Oh, yes. Sure. Do you feel that way? I feel that way. I feel the same. And uh, I think uh, uh, we 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 are the ones who 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 we have been working so close together, together so we can describe our work in, in the best possible way. Sure. Well, how did you become interested in the subject of propaganda then? Well, interested in the subject of propaganda was I was just interested in. Uh, I think I read the news. I mean, I didn't watch much TV uh, back in the days. I was I was a newspaper reader, and uh, I just started thinking that there were funny things written on the newspapers at some stage. And so I always was a little bit skeptical of journalism in general. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Interesting. Do you think we've become the last journalists? <laughs> Well, maybe the last or the, or the first. <laughs> ah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, because I think journalism is really one of the most corrupt jobs there is today. <laughs> I'm sure you could actually hear that from journalists, um, at least uh, from ones I know in like Reuters and so on. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Well, uh, in, the, in the West, um, we have a notion of personality and people being amiable and polite, whereas in the East, I just learned there's this larger notion of inherent character, uh, which personality can't change. Can you discuss, please, any anecdotal evidence you have of what your inherent character is? <laughs> well, well, uh, it's really hard to talk about oneself. I mean, I, I'm not good at that, but uh, maybe it's just that when I, you know, think back at when I was a kid. Uh, I I just I wanted to become friends of everybody. I w I w that was my you know maybe my my ideal goal in life to to become friends. Even the, even with a bully in my in my school, you know I I had this project that I didn't I didn't like strife and I didn't like uh, con controversy. <laughs> mm. Imagine that. I, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm in the middle of. Thousand controversies today, but <laughs> they say you know if you if you don't like something, you kind of draw that to you sometimes. But right, so you know in my naivety, you know I was I was like that, and 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 actually I've tried to to in some way uh, you know hold on to the to 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 be open with everyone, even if they they, they initially seem like unfriendly. So I'm trying to to live up to that childhood dream, but uh, in one way I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully I'm making friends by, you know, doing positive things in life. Uh, well, that sounds uh, like a good indicator. 
having recently come back from a year in Korea myself, where I did the um, the first show about 9/11 that I did on KFAI, mm-hmm. um, uh, I became interested in this difference between what makes a person's character as opposed to merely their personality, which is how they present it to the world. Um, so, how do you suppose your inherent character, as opposed to your personality, may have influenced your interests in particularly this subject? My inherent cra- character, my inherent character is one of uh, just very blandly. Uh, I, I, I'm looking. For, I look for peace in the world. You know, <laughs> it sounds very corny, but I'd like the world to be more peaceful, and and I don't like liars. And the quintessential liars are in the news, as far as I can see. The news, the news media, is uh, is lying on a day-to-day basis, 24/7 almost right now. And maybe they didn't lie as much uh, before, but now it looks like we're discovering more and more that we have been lied to for many, many years. What do you think about sites that focus on the uh, surface personality of researchers rather than discussing research itself? Well, I, I don't think one should... I mean, this personal side, the, what, what has to be discussed is the subject matter. It's not the, 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 the personality behind it, I think. Of course, people will, will always be interested in who is behind that, that, that research or that... that those discoveries, I mean, that we are doing together here, I mean, that's why we are now trying also yes. to... Well, that's the meaning behind this. To present ourselves and, yeah, and the to, introduction be, podcast, to yes. be open about it, to be open about ourselves. But I don't think that's the main thing that should preoccupy people. I think people should look at what we actually are putting out and, and mm. the validity of what we're doing. And I'm including you in this because mm. you've been working very hard in these few years. And, and so... There it is. Well, do you, do you agree with me that people can be focused on contributing to research forums for the wrong reasons? Absolutely. <laughs> can you go over some of the reasons that you've noted, please? Well, we have been surrounded in these years. Uh, I started off, actually, this research uh, going on, on other 9-11 truth forums. They call themselves that way. But I've realized throughout the years that I, that I was surrounded by, literally surrounded by, by people who were there to diffuse false information, and that they probably, they most certainly had big team which they had built up for 9/11 mm. to act as uh, truthers, and so they immediately contaminated the, the truther movement, you know, mm. as as it's uh, called. So, this is a complex question, but do you think um, just because a, a group has organized itself very well that that's an indicator that there's some nefarious purpose? Or do you see, like, specifically, um, like, some uh, bad information being pushed? Well, we are talking about gatekeepers now, aren't we? Yes. Uh, there are plenty of gatekeepers in, in this business. And uh, not only for 9-11, of course, but all for all the... Governments uh, scams and and psyops there are they're always they have their teams which are, are acting like like us more or less you know mm. they, they, they well they're acting like it's sorry if I may interrupt but 
like you, you use the word business, and we, of course, use it in the sense that it's sure. something that we're interested in. Yeah. It keeps us busy. Yeah. But these people seem to actually view it as a business. Right. <laughs> and they seem to be protecting some kind of yeah. asset or something that they've been assigned to protect. It's sure. strange. You ask certain questions, and then suddenly you're jumped on by, uh, by it seems, a team. Yes, yes. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not wrong to, to talk about paid agents. I mean, I, I know it sounds uh, corny now, but it's, it, it has to be true. I mean, they have to have people who are paid to, to especially to uh, frequent the, the uh, you know, it's called the control opposition. Mm -hmm. And forum sliding. There's a number of terms that we've learned about. Um, military techniques and other techniques to actually right. change the direction of a forum so that information can't be discussed, which otherwise would just be discussed. Exactly. exactly. I mean, they, they have to have that uh, part covered. I mean, they can't, you know, they, they know that the, the, the people who would maybe <laughs> do some change would be the, the, people, the, first, the first people who would do some, who would rebel against uh, their lies. People like us, so they must infiltrate all places where uh, real, uh, real stuff is is spoken about. Uh, do you think that there are other people that you've discovered which you suspect are in it for the right reasons, um, who maybe have caught on to this and built an immunity uh, to the attacks, and they've managed to get through some kind of truth to the world? Maybe we can have some interviews with the ones that are still alive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> well, that was a long question. Um, maybe, uh, yeah, probably, yeah, I lost my train of thought now. Uh, uh, well, just people who are in it for the right reasons. Any sort of uh, researcher? Or do you think, or oh, do you prefer to not I comment on, on endorsing other researchers because it's... Well, let's, I, I feel uncomfortable like making you know a list of, of, of people who I even may uh, I even may support but because you know I, I would name one instead of another um, I think I think we know who we are I mean I, I think be, we, between ourselves we know which people we can trust and, mm. and I'm not going to that's do a fair. list now that's fair I'm not going to list uh, but there are unfortunately very few people that I would trust in this at this moment. Well, I gave a warning at the beginning of this uh, episode that that's actually the nature of this research is that everyone must develop their own discernment. Right, and it's right. not if someone tells you I trust this person, don't trust that person. That's not going to help you as much as if you yeah, yeah. train yourself to exactly. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, were there specific turning points you recall in your feelings about the world? that drove you to take a greater interest in propaganda? Was it simply 9-11, or had you had inklings before that something wasn't right about how we get our information? Like before you mentioned uh, you were a newspaper person. Yeah, I read many newspapers, and, and then I noticed that they were kind of <laughs> almost, you know, they were conniving. They were on the same... They were saying the same things, whereas they were presenting themselves as different uh, news uh, gatherers. Mm -hmm. But I noticed there was like some kind of something going on, you know, some coalition there. <laughs> and I was reading different newspapers just, you know, to, to be you know, open-minded. So I, uh, 
I read this paper and then the other one and the one in the middle. Yes. And I started wondering, hey, why are they all, all saying almost the same things and, and, ah. and the same weird things? That's an they, important question. <laughs> and they got stranger by the day. So I think when 9-11 came, I was already probably a little bit prone to, to question the news, basically. Hmm. So you made September Clues in 2007. So where were you, uh, what were you doing What was your experience like for the first six years after 9-11, building up to that time that you, you made your critique? Well, as, as, I've, told, as, I've, as I've said on, on various uh, podcasts, I've been asked this question, you know, what, what made you, how come you made September Clues only, you know, six or seven years after the, the fact? Mm. And uh, I think that happened because I was just like most people really, even if you know I was a bit skeptical about the news, but I I was shocked by <laughs> by seeing this plane going straight into the the tower just like it was made of, you know, jello. Mm -hmm. uh, that was forty eight hours after the the September eleven I saw this on TV, I saw this plane melding into the tower and I jumped up on my my, my couch and said, this, that's impossible. This is impossible. 48 hours, you said, then all of a sudden you were like, wait a minute. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, but that's not saying that, you know, I not saying that oh, I was so quick, you know, to understand it. No, I, I was just shocked by that image of, uh, I think it was the Hazar Carney one, you know, where you actually can see the, the plane from, as if you were below it, and you can see it going physically into the, the facade. Mm. And that was the one that made me, made me shout. Uh, but then, you know, I probably, you know, as I said, like everyone else, I, I felt like there was like, a, what could I, what can I do? You know, what I didn't, mm. I wasn't, I wasn't doing video editing at the time, so I wasn't thinking remotely of, of starting to analyze the videos of, of the broadcasts. Mm. That, that came later. I, I, I was doing photography at the time, but, uh, you know. I didn't have the. I didn't know even where to find the the broadcast. I just saw it on TV. They repeated them many times, but yeah. I, I, there was no place you could go and 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 you know download the videos at the time. Really, uh, YouTube came in uh, 2005, I believe. 2005, maybe February 2005, maybe even a little later that it went public. I'm not sure, but and that's YouTube uh, and and even other you know video portals. They didn't have much material. It wasn't. It was only until YouTube started, I think, where where one could really think of uh, you know going after and and, and, and downloading videos from 9/11, um, and then if you didn't know, I, I don't know actually when the archives, the, the TV archives were set up, hmm. but when, once I found the TV archives of all the stations, of all the American stations plus BBC. That was, you know, that was like a relief, you know. I, I, I was sure that these broadcasts were, were not, you know, some some videos uh, and some crazy person had put on YouTube. I knew they were <laughs> the real ones, and and the more I, I watched them, the more I started laughing because it was so obvious that, <laughs> that these people, these anchor men and anchor women, were scripted. Scripted, just uh, totally, they're reading from a script. Yes, that was my first reaction. You know, 
uh, apart from the actual, you know, video fakery I could see, and I started, you know, being capable to really show it also and, and show it to myself first, you know, convince me of of my feelings. But but the, maybe the, maybe it was even even more even more the the the, uh, the contrived uh -huh. contrived talk on by all the TV presenters yes. that really told me yes yes you are on the right track this can't be real ah uh, so yeah and you've incorporated the human <laughs> aspect of it really. right and you've incorporated some of those quotes and things into your music it's kind of a part of the September Clues soundtrack yeah yeah right yes well incorporated some of the their their phrases their sentences because they're so dumbfoundingly stupid sometimes it they seems. are they are really oh my god I just saw blah blah blah. Oh I mean, well, it's, it's so passionless. Mm, no, yeah, I, I haven't. I mean, we should actually, we should actually have them and uh, and put them up, you know, on this broadcast because some of them are really hilarious. All right, yeah, let's and, do that. And the, the actual situations they they invented for themselves. They had like uh, this uh, colleague, you know, I, I think it was NBC colleague who they called at her home. And just as they called her, she heard the plane going above her house. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what a remarkable coincidence. Yes, uh, remarkable indeed. Was there a news story before 9-11 that you were about to investigate but had second thoughts about? Did you catch on to this scripted news? Do you believe that it was happening just on 9-11 or might it have been happening earlier? Well, it was really 9-11 that, that opened up this, uh, I mean, at, at, at this level, I never thought it was uh, scripted, and I, I, I would never, I watch TV, I mean, I, it's not like I didn't have, well, many, for many years I didn't have TV in the house, but so I knew about television, and, and I had seen funny things on TV, and, and but always thought that they were in the context of, you know, lesser, less important news. Uh, I never thought they would go so far as to fake and complete, you know, terror events. Mm -hmm. That was far from my mind. And we'll later go into uh, those techniques that they use to, to do that. Um, but first I wanted to ask you, what, what was it like to uh, start creating. Did you start with September Clues? Was there a video before and then? I started with, uh, I think it's called uh, The Grand TV Illusion, which was just a short video I made, just because I needed to, I felt I needed to do something, mm. you know, straight away. But I had, it, had in mind already to do a longer film, but I just made this, published this, uh, The Grand TV Illusion. It's a short, a few minutes long and... Uh, and I believe you did not, you didn't use YouTube right away, right? Uh, no, I used live video. Live video was a smaller portal and it shows that because at the time I thought, well, I don't want to put it on YouTube straight away. I, I, you know, I felt like YouTube was a bit like Facebook, you know? Yes. Something too, you know, I don't know. My like iTunes? <laughs> like iTunes. No, but uh, I chose to, to put it on, on this live video, which was a smaller portal, little known portal. And I think that I, I did the right thing because... I think I, will, I sort of passed under the radar by putting it, you know, outside YouTube in a in a in a small portal, and and uh, so I wasn't banned. First of all, <laughs> yeah. I've Although live live video dot com is now defunct. 
Liberia disappeared suddenly, yeah. It disappeared just a few, maybe a, few, a week after September Cruz became number one in Italy on live video. Really? He became the first, most Do you have a screenshot video. of that? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, I should have, yes. Oh, we should definitely put that in yes. the uh, notes. That's right. pretty interesting. Um, so, <coughs> actually, I have the screenshot, I think, where I was second still, but I was behind a, a video with a baby dancing, you know? Oh, I remember that remember? stupid baby <laughs> dancing. It was, it was like a 3D... The baby dancing had like some million views, and uh, I was just <laughs> behind it. <laughs> the history of the internet, people. Right. <laughs> uh, so, I was wondering, live video, uh, how... How could you watch people's reactions? Was it like YouTube? Uh, later on, uh, the reactions came on live video straight away. I was really surprised and, and encouraged. Encouraged by uh, that was very encouraging. I got many people writing on live video. Uh, Do you remember a number very of positive, views? Very, very positive. The number of views? Yeah. I don't remember the numbers. Oh, yeah. But, Sorry. Uh, don't worry about but, that. But uh, it, it also, I mean, you know, I, I was putting the um, installments, you know, September Cruise A, then yeah. B, then C, then D. So it was like a gradual upload I was doing. And so I think there was, uh, for some reason, I had, you know, I did following and then it just started growing. And uh, and that was encouraging. And also the level of... Uh, the level of, of comments was much, much higher than, than on YouTube because the people who would be on the live video, I think, would, for some reason, they, you know, you didn't get the, the, the really silly YouTube short mm. comments. You got longer comments and people thanking me for, uh, yes. you know, for, it was, you know, they were, they felt liberated, you know, to, to have, you know, finally, uh, a more a clear idea of how they pull it off. Hmm. So I was I was happy to get that feedback from from live video. And how did you point out that they uh, that they uh, pulled it off? What did you find? Well, what they found is 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 to be found in September Clues. <laughs> okay, so you think people should just watch the movie? They should watch the movie definitely. And then uh, I did some more videos after that. Some you know more in-depth or more specific uh, videos of uh, which follow-up videos uh, like uh, September Clues Addendum and then uh, a three-part series called uh, 9-11 Amateur where I analyzed the supposed amateur pictures because mm -hmm. they, they started becoming important because people were saying oh but there were so many people filming the day mm -hmm. so many private people but right. but we as we know now, the amateur, the supposed amateur videos are can come from the same source. They and that was actually part of the script, wasn't it? People were saying, yeah, "There's so many people um, in the, in the in the TV anchors' scripts." They were saying things like this. Yes, yes, yes. They were saying, "Yeah, it's funny, you know." And you go back and you start. You, the, of course, when you start such a research, you don't know, you don't have the whole picture, but when you go back, you understand why they said this and that, because they had, uh, the plan was already written. Mm. They knew what was going to happen and knew uh, that people would expect the private people to film this. How did they know? Do you think they did psychological studies or what would you speculate if you could speculate about 
how they knew how people would react. Well, it's it's obviously the psychological studies they must have done. Of course, they are they they do that all the time in the in the American uh, like advertising military. industry and the military. Yeah. yeah. Universities, okay. That, that's a very, very, you know, I think it's a big part of, of their um, of their jobs, really, to study the psychology of people. That's why it's called psyops, you know, psychological, psychological operation. operation. Right, right, right. This, is, this was a, a, a absolute, uh, mostly, it's, it's really very, very appropriate, appropriate to call it a psychological operation because it's, it works in the psychology of the persons. Mm. They just will not accept that something as big as that can be pulled off. Um, probably, I'm guessing, it has to do with demographics. They figure out which groups of people respond to different uh, types of stimuli and they create different uh, stories yeah. to cover all their bases, so to speak. Right. In a way, you know, that's one of the reasons we're doing this is because we want to reach people who are auditory learners and who might mm -hmm. not have the patience to read clues for them. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we, right. I guess we're kind of addressing demographics as well, but not sure. in that insidious no, hopefully not. way to manipulate hopefully people. Hopefully we don't come off. <laughs> yeah, no, I really hope like that. that that is not what people get from this. Uh, and what did you realize as you watched the archives? I'm sorry to come back to this question, but I am just curious. How did you communicate? Can you give us some examples of what you discovered? Yeah. I mean, the famous nose-out shot, for example? or Yeah, the nose-out shot, but uh, the nose-out shot was purely you know, an, an impossible physical event. So that was, of course, one of the first ones I, I, I tried, you know, uh, highlighting for those unfamiliar, that's when the uh, nose of the airplane exits the other side of the building right. in the video, completely intact, in uh, with no deformation. So it's like um, they had just moved a graphic through the building. Yeah, I mean, people were saying, "Oh, that must be maybe that's just the engine going out through the other side, and so on." So I started analyzing this properly. In a, on the video editor and, and enlarging, blowing up the the images, and it was it simply was the cockpit of the airplane, which came out the other side, so intact. So I don't think that's really possible in, in the real world. But did they just uh, use a graphic? Some of the planes look more three D, and in some of the videos, so it couldn't have been the same technique each hmm. time. Oh, well, the ones that look less 3D are just because they made them very grayish looking and, you know, mm. you're, you're supposed to think they, they had bad cameras or, or the, the smog of New York kind of uh, grayed out the, the and made them look like silhouettes. But the, today they can do everything in Hollywood. So even if, even if they pull, you know, they, they gradually enhanced their, their videos. I mean, the amateur videos that came out later were much higher quality than what we saw on TV. Yeah, that, that doesn't was make strange, sense. wasn't it? That doesn't make sense. Uh, really, if you go to the archives, the, the, what strikes you is a poor quality. I mean, mm. these people, the Fox, uh, CNN, CBS, they, they must have the best cameras in the world, right? Yeah. So why should they be the worst quality <laughs> pictures of the day? Because no. they are. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And, and, and a guy who's... They had, had HD back then. 
the head had HD and, and, and the guy in the street had maximum, uh, you know, a Sony handy camera or something. <laughs> right. So Hardly any cell phone cameras too. No, no, there were, there were no cell phone cameras at the time. Uh, so, let's see. Well, can you, just to wrap up this uh, summary of September Clues so we can move on, can you please tell us some stories about the year 2007 that you remember experiencing uh, after you released... Um, the what you would call the final version of September Clues. What do you remember about uh, your realizations? What what did you gain from continuing to research it? Did you did you just solve it and throw up your hands and say no, it's all no. fake or what? Well, I was I was I was satisfied that that this the, the, the main movie was you know I put it as well as I could. You know, together depicting I mean, the airline crashes. Yeah, mostly focusing on that. You know, on the on the actual hundred two minutes, which everything played out in hundred two minutes. In mm-hmm. fact, the History Channel made, you know, a documentary called Hundred Two Minutes uh-huh. later on. So it was all scripted. Mm-hmm. And the um, hundred two minutes is the timeline from the supposed first flight eleven, the crashes at eight. 46, and to the second tower, the falls. I mean, the, which was a number tower number one, which falls at 10:28. So you've been looking at this over and over. You've you've got some of these details in your head now. Oh because yes. <laughs> well, how could I not remember? You know, I, I've been working at it for so long. But do you think most people even take a second look at this stuff? Oh, well, I, I know people do take a second look, but uh, how many is the question, you know? Not, not, not enough people in the world, I think. It's, uh, but it's normal. I mean, where are we supposed to advertise this? You know, no, no TV channel will help us <laughs> diffuse this. Yeah, that's so. true, they won't. Uh, well, maybe iTunes will help, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, how would you reflect on that time now? Well, I, I did a few mistakes now. I have to also warn the, the viewer of September Clues because I made a few mistakes which I would like I would have liked to avoid. For instance, I, I, I was theorizing, but I actually actually mentioned this is just uh, you know speculation. I was theorizing that instead of planes, they used missiles, missiles, and and that was that was just you know. Uh, uh, Error of uh, youth, you know, in in the in the in the research uh, stage, I, I didn't, I didn't, I just thought that there must have been some object crashing in the towers. But if you do a, you know, a, a magic trick, you don't need anything. You just need to have people who say they saw the plane. And yeah, and they have plenty of media people yeah. saying that. Exactly, they have uh, the they have they have a long, 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 long list, a long series of, of people who who, have, who say they saw the plane, and when you go and see who they are, they are all working for the media. So that's how the pe- people don't realize how many how many media people uh, actually said that, that there are hardly any you know private citizen who who says. So the plane. So. Yeah, I want to come back to that question in just a bit, um, but I also want to uh, continue giving people the history of how this September Clues mm-hmm. formed and then where we went from there. Um, 
So I wanted to ask you, I guess I don't believe I've ever asked you this, but I've always wondered, what was it like from your perspective to get to know me online? <laughs> well, that was uh, heartening first, <laughs> because uh, I didn't know all this gets, you know, uh, intelligent responses from uh, people. And uh, there was a time where I think I was on these uh, two forums, the which which successively just closed down mm. remember yes i remember there's a we'll get to that the later. first one is called 911 researchers and the second one is called 911 movement and they both mysteriously closed down yeah and uh, the first closed down when not not long after September clues was published and the second closed down when you published your great victim research about the the fake victims Ah, yes, about the possibility of fake victims, which uh, we'll go into in the uh, next. We'll go into that in the next episode. Um, but uh, before we get there, mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to comment that uh, I don't consider myself paranoid, <laughs> because that would mean I feel threatened, which I don't. Mm -hmm. I feel totally safe from mm -hmm. the people who are harassing the information. Yeah, even though I know they mess with us. But I did settle on the name Hoi Poloi rather than my real name when I post research in these areas because I realized I was more concerned about like an innocent boss firing me out of fear of the topic rather than some mean-spirited attack. Sure. Uh, so how do you feel about uh, cowardly people like myself using a pseudonym <laughs> and trying to stay a little anonymous as they look into this research for safety or for whatever personal reasons? I think it's quite okay. I mean... Uh What's more, you live in America, so you have reason, you know, to think about your work. I mean, your workplace. Maybe you know, I live uh, in Italy, so I didn't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. So, no, it's it's quite. It's, I'm I'm fine with that. That people uh, like you know people researching this uh, media fakery or and, and many people uh, don't want to release their their own name, and I understand that. I understand it. Well, um, do you think that... I know you can't really comment on being in America, but what is it like in Italy? How, how do people respond to your discoveries? It seems like... In Italy, uh, surprisingly well, actually. In Italy, I've been presenting September Clues around Italy in several small halls, you know, several uh, small occasions with... Uh, well, uh, probably with people... Uh, like I was presenting together with uh, some students, economy students that were exposing the false, you know, the, the bankruptcy, the, the banking system, system problem, banking system problem. So obviously my my audience was, you know, open minded, mm -hmm. but still I was surprised of the level of the. the I showed the whole film. I, I spoke before and after, and people. You know, they asked the right questions and, and were very responsive. Do you think there's a, a sort of a controlled uh, movement to uh, oppose the research in Italy as strong as there is in America? Oh, definitely. There, are, there is a big, big site that, that, that they made up uh, immediately. I mean, the guy is also... Uh, uh, when uh, is immediately? Well, I think it actually existed because the guy is also... Uh, 
anti-moon hoaxer. I mean, ah, I see. He, 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 he tells all the young people that uh, we actually went to the moon. Okay. So it's called Attivissimo. His name is Paolo Attivissimo. And, but he's very much derided now because people are, are waking up in Italy. Yeah. You know, in Italy, Italy has a little, little advantage that we, we had the Gladio, you know, uh, Operation Gladio, which was Gladio. some CIA thing, right? Right. So, so we know about. I mean, these shenanigans they, they do in in, in high level politics. So I think Italians, at least part of the Italians, are are more receptive to the idea that we are really, really taken for a ride by by the powers that be. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems to me that. Um, Italians are more interested in politics. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it's yeah, they are generally interested. I mean, they first interested in food. That's the first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Yeah, that's the first interest. No Italian is not interested in food, and then second, maybe it's politics. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. Um, I just have uh, one more question before I ask people to look at your videos, and we'll list those videos. Um, and that is, if people are interested in a good understanding um, of your particular perspective, I think you can see where I'm going with this. Well, what is the best way to both see the video, but then confirm for themselves, do research for themselves? Absolutely, sure. Um, it has to be... Uh personal process because you, you just it's not enough just to to assess uh, the videos uh, maybe I mean reading is, is good of course because we've done so much uh, follow-up uh, research after the the film and, and my other films which which just really laid out the problem now we've gone much further in these uh, last years with clues forum and where we on a, I mean almost on a daily basis we found more and more confirmations of, of the fact that it was all a, it was all a hoax it was all a psyop and there are other hoaxes you mentioned uh, the moon hoax earlier we don't have time to go into that in this podcast no, but um, sure. there are other things that uh, are worthy are well, worthy of investigation talking about 9-11 and in the same uh, you know group of hoaxes we we discovered that practically all the all the terror acts I mean, the supposed terror attacks in mm. Europe London 77 Madrid uh, Israel Mumbai uh, all these uh, Al-Qaeda attacks are mm. all uh, all completely fake I mean they are fake uh, I, I, this, that word um, seems to sound for many people they they, 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 they laugh at the, at the fake word but you can't use a better word they are fake they are staged yeah the people there, are they were they false flags is that like the, the military term false flag or does that imply people really died no 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 one dies in these operations they don't want uh, real people to die they, 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 they can just tell us that uh, people die in, in, in the subway of London they said 52 died and then died. And, uh, uh, but we've come to that understanding later, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, we, we came to... We, we, I, I have to say, even while I was doing September Clues, my, 
my only suspicion was that, of course, there were no planes, so there were no passengers who died in the planes, mm. since there were no planes. Right. But I didn't, at the time I wasn't really, and, and, and I, I don't say that in my first film, I don't talk about the, what we found later, that the, the towers were empty. There were no, no one died on that day, according to our best uh, conclusions. Yes, uh, and that will we'll get more into that in the next uh, episode. So the videos that you made were September Clues the movie, mm-hmm. followed by 9-11 Amateur, part 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. What were those about? Yeah, as I said uh, um, before, uh, the Amateur series is... Uh, I took uh, all the, I mean, all the, the the various private videos they they released. I mean, they call them private videos, and analyzed them too because they were supposedly uh, captured by by people on on the streets, mm. and they were even <laughs> they were actually easier to to expose as as frauds because they are really they are made probably by the same team in New York. One, yeah, <coughs> I probably shouldn't mention names right now on the radio, but <coughs> we seem to know even the man who, who did did this uh, videos. Uh, he had a big video company, and they can find that in Clues Forum. They can find it in Clues Forum. I think I know who you're talking about. And he's now a presenter at the um, National uh, Museum at Ground Zero. He's a, oh he works for them gosh. now. Well, that so, seems very circuitous. Right. Um, so then. Uh, you made some birds. What yeah. is that one about? That sounds funny. Some birds were was about birds, Rex. Birds flying in the across the Manhattan skyline, and they looked really funny. So uh, I I did a video dedicated to these birds. So they actually faked birds. It's a flock of birds uh, which fly, fly in formation. Yes. You know? And uh, you can see them flying right in front of the towers. Yes. It's like you know, big panorama of the whole Manhattan skyline. Mm. And they come into the screen on the right, and suddenly they, they all accelerate exact same. <laughs> they caught the same gust of, of wind, right? They yeah. were like, you know, at least you know, dozen, a few dozen of birds, yes. dozen birds that accelerate by forty percent or something. <laughs> so, and that was from the live, uh, you know, from the live archives. So it's not nobody can say that you know somebody sped up the video or. But you can you can also see that they are they've been superimposed over the. Uh, mm. It's a composite which they did a lot. So it's composite. People should really understand that a lot of compositing was used in the construction of the movies. It was probably done before, well in advance oh, yes, of the yes, actual yes, yes. day. I mean, the actual Manhattan skyline is uh, that we see on uh, on the live broadcast. That is not Manhattan. It's a digital rendering. Of mm. There's no. That would explain why no the real videos of, yeah. of, of, w- of Manhattan. That, I mean, it, it's it's literally not Manhattan. Yes, that, I mean that would explain why um, the, the layers seem to move at different rates and the exactly. the towers have changing windows depending on which supposed oh, yeah. video is looking at them. Yeah, they, 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 they didn't they didn't really. Do a very good job. I mean, they could have done it better, and that's the only question that remains: why didn't they do it perfectly? But you know, uh, they had to do lots of. Uh, well, it's been versions. 14 years, and <laughs> we're the only ones talking about this. Right, and, uh, right. and but they made some absolutely horrible mistakes. 
so uh, we can thank them for that, I guess. <laughs> uh, they should have, you know, maybe asked some NASA experts uh, to help them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, we might go into that uh, another time. Um, so then the next one you made was September Clues Addendum, mm -hmm. I believe? Yeah. What was that? Why why did you make it September Clues again? Well, because uh, I felt that was really missing from the main movie. That was uh, my realization, you know, gradual realization, that uh, what we just said, that, that the actual entire scenery was, was faked. And so I was looking at the tower collapses. And the tower collapses, uh, you know, we see them pulverizing like this. And yes, it's just, uh, it looks like a, it, sort of a PlayStation. It doesn't look real, you know, on, at first sight. So mm. it, it really doesn't look physically possible. Yeah, that, it looks that like they explode um, upwards and like a pyroclastic uh, thing. They like particle it. effects for yeah. like a volcano graphic. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really, you know, it's a funny, it's like a disaster movie, like Independence Day. Mm. Maybe they use the same director because you see the, the same exact right, you do see this in independence day you see the world uh, the um, the Paris state oh, the empire state building yes uh, exploding yes. from top down right and right. just in a big big you know puff of dust and it falls down from the top mm, and that's more detailed actually much more detailed than that is actually more detailed so. and and some of the and this I mean, independence day was i think 1990 Six. Yeah, that sounds right. And then there was another called Arm Armageddon, where we saw also the towers were depicted. One was uh, crushed by a meteorite or something. Mm. And we have, uh, you know, uh, skyline views of Manhattan, and they look more realistic than even what they showed on 9-11. Mm. So uh, people saying that they didn't have the technology mm. in 2001 to fake an entire skyline, they just haven't been to the movies. <laughs> those right. people, those people haven't been <laughs> enough to the movies, or they forget that they've watched <laughs> movies. Yes. Right. So, synced out is the one made after addendum. And no, synced out was the very last I did actually. Synced oh. out. That was a very last. So you did nine eleven propaganda that movie. That before. that was before. Okay. Nine eleven propaganda was. Uh, it's all about uh, one of these. <laughs> One of the many films they made after, you know, for to remember 9/11. It's uh, another propaganda movie, and it, that movie 9/11 Hotel. 9/11 Hotel, and it was about the supposed survivors of the Marriott Hotel who had been crushed in the uh, collapse, and yes. you know, these 18 people who were, were saved in the shoebox. You remember? Uh, th yes, if I recall, that movie introduces us to the um, the really bad fake crying yes, that we yes, see a lot yes, of now. They had some horrible actors for that one. So it was almost, it was hilarious. So I decided to do a critique and 9-11 propaganda is a critique of this 9-11 hotel, mm -hmm. which is one of the countless, uh, you know, cry, cry uh, sequels they did, you know, mm -hmm. uh, propaganda movies to, you know, uphold the, the myth. Yeah, and, and re-traumatize people, kind of. Right, with, with, with religious, uh, you know, hints. I mean, this guy mm -hmm. who was, uh, who, who apparently saved a woman, and uh, all kinds of uh, memes they put into, into that movie that are supposed to be, you know, emotionally strong to people to, to really remember to the day as a horrible them. day. Yeah. <coughs> But it was probably made by, you know, not a, a B or C or D grade director, so... 
Very, very, Sometimes very I poor. suspect it was directed by that guy who was acting in it because it's just so bad. Synced <laughs> uh, yeah. Out, your last one. Can, wasn't there something special about this one? Wasn't it banned? Synced Out. That was, uh, yeah, that was the, the first video just completely without a reason banned from YouTube. As soon as I uploaded it on September 10, 2010. Hmm. I uploaded it on September 10, you know, the day before the... Ninth anniversary. Yes, and it just I just got this message: uh, content inappropriate. Mm. And I had no in- inappropriate content. I was no, using. No, it was uh, the same normal uh, critique under fair yeah. use. The music was my own, recorded here by a friend of mine who plays sitar, and so everything was under my, you know, and and the the actual imagery, imagery was. I mean, countless people have republished <laughs> the 11 imagery, so there was no reason. Then I uploaded it again the next day, you know, yeah. September 11, and another message comes and it says, what did it say, remember? Uh, uh, let's see, so inappropriate content, and then the next uh, one there was, was another one, slightly different, but virtually the same some, message. Some violation, whatever. Yeah, with a terms violation. Terms of violation. Yeah. And uh, so they banned it just twice without, you know, a proper reason. And so I, I couldn't upload it. A third time, I, w- I didn't want that because the, the rules of YouTube specifically warn mm. you that if you try to upload three times the same video and it gets banned three times, they will they will shut down your channel. Shut down your channel. So then, how did the, how did we get around that? Did didn't friends around the, the world? Re, re, I mean, I I told some people where to find it, and, and they uploaded it on their own channels. And so now there's a few copies, and mm-hmm. and the numbers are they're very low. Extremely <laughs> low. They, they, I think the most viewed of the the three remaining. I mean, because some have disappeared. I think there are three channels, and one has like six thousand four hundred views after five years. So something's happening there. That's one of my favorite stories because it's just it's so indicative of, of what it's like to try to get this information out. So, um, what do all of these videos demonstrate in common? What did you discover on your own before I crashed the scene? <laughs> well, I was uh, I was I was starting to doubt the, the, the victims of the tower too. I think I remember, but mm-hmm. I, I, I was still you know. Had anyone else mentioned that? Anyone else mentioned it? Yeah, so oh, anyone yes, said uh, 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 Brian, Brian V. Oh, okay. Uh, he had uh, been looking into that mm. before. The first one uh, that I know of is the first one. And, and he was doing that on another forum. He was looking at the victims of the tower. And, um, and sure enough, now we, we, I think we can say for yes. sure that, that it, all 3,000 victims are big sims. Simulated. Uh, simulated victims. Yeah. Uh, so, do some people become very happy when you tell them this? I mean, not Italians, well, but do they hmm. say, like, my God, now it makes sense. I had this friend or cousin or a friend of a friend of an uncle, etc., who I thought lost someone or who said they saw a plane or saw the towers collapse. And when I asked them more about it, they always said they couldn't because it would make them choked up. But I always thought that was weird because I talk about tragedies very openly and it actually helps me cathartically rather than keeping it all bottled up. <laughs> or they say, when I finally ask them about it, it turns out they only saw it on a nearby TV after all and not with their own eyes. I mean, do people mostly have that reaction to the idea that the hijacked planes were complete fibs and total fabrications? Hmm. 
But you would think, wouldn't you? You would think that people would be happy to hear that people don't get killed in those events. I mean, but that that doesn't happen very often. Mm -hmm. You do get it. You do get some people who say, "Oh, oh, well, that's good news then." You know? Yes, yes. But other people will say, "Oh, wow, this is scary." You know, mm, they are scary, scared. Yes. But that's not. I mean, I hope. I hope people can get over it because we don't want to scare anyone. Yeah, no, that's exactly absolutely the right. Opposite. The, we, <laughs> no, we hope we, to we really want tell to people this is this is amazing. And, and tra tragedies happen, but maybe this one didn't. <laughs> right. I mean, we want to to encourage people to look into this and and feel good about it and 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 actually see that this world is not so full of you know uh, violence, and and that should be uh, a good step towards towards actually having the courage to talk about it. Because as long as what they, what they count on is that the psychological obstacle of you know, having those poor families that they see on TV uh, crying, but they are, they are all actors. The people acting as family members have been shown so many times to be very poor actors or actresses. For a lot of people though, it must be a huge thing um, to have to realize, even if they suspected that there might be something to other 9-11 investigations that they've seen, there are just certain personalities who cannot face this idea. Isn't that true? Yes, of course. It is. It's, 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 and the biggest problem is how to... Maybe we, we should you know, study uh, how to get this news, this information uh, through to people uh, so that they, can, they, they, they take it in a positive way and they, they do some, some good comes out from it mm -hmm. for their own lives because that's, that's what we want. We, we are not, you know, we're not the uh, usual or, I mean, usual. There are many... Many people in the cons you know conspiracy theories that that actually are there to scare you, you know, mm. you know these horrible people are are behind these things, and and people like to to scare the, each other. Yes, but this yes. is exactly the opposite that we want. We want just to, to you know highlight the fact that the news is the news the news media is totally corrupt. It's, they work for the powers that be I call them I call it the network like network but they're they're, they're nutty they're psycho <laughs> yes because they, they obviously must be I mean uh, the, the the level of, uh, of folly is is staggering you know why that that's what many people can't understand that, that there are people that have such wicked minds but evidently there must be you know mm. This um, this very yeah that's a very dark side of the whole <laughs> of the whole yes. thing. But what can we do? We are, we we do have these people that are, are ruling us, and and we need to change it in some way or another. It's it's not going to be easy, but uh, I think we can do it. I'm trying to think of something poignant to say about that, but uh, I think you've said it all. What about the usual questions you get? Um, there would be too many people involved to keep keep it quiet, etc. I mean, for me, for me, you've proven that there definitely were not too many people involved mm -hmm. because we keep seeing the same employers pop up when you look at the so-called eyewitnesses and so on. Sure. You hear the same kind of expressions of denial and unwillingness to look at the media's own evidence. But for people who do not understand that um, 
A crowded New York street full of millions watching planes and collapses in plain view was actually scripted over and over in the news, and they do not understand uh, military obscurant or things that can turn off cameras remotely, uh, or they don't even understand basic psychology of busy, apathetic New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. What can you tell these people? Well, that uh, that there were several people involved, but uh, we can even we can even uh, you know, point out where they come from, more or less. And it's not that. I mean, the the numbers are are pretty impressive because many many companies were involved, and many, well, everybody uh, you know made some profit out of 9/11. Everybody involved, and and um, we even see someone who claims to have been hit by an airplane becoming like the first president of Iraq after the invasion so right so things like that right. keep cropping up right exactly so so i mean there there it is i mean most people understand uh, you know money makers people will make uh, will will lie for money come on i mean this must be easy to understand people do lie for money and for uh, you know financial security and to protect their <clears throat> their loved ones and their interests and to protect their loved ones and interests and and uh, you don't get whistleblowers out of that lot mm-hmm. I mean that's just fantasy has there ever been a whistleblower I would uh, I know I can't think of one <laughs> a real whistleblower no there have been many many uh, whistleblowers that have even been you know in the news but they actually produced them I mean, the the news uh, media pulls out these of their hats. So it seems and, whistleblowers. You know, like, practically every one of them. I, I I can't see anyone who said anything. You know, just think of uh, Sibyl Edmonds. You know, this mm. lady who apparently uh, revealed what she was translating. You know, it was all about. You know, all, mm. all the meme was always going back to it. the Arabs did it. You know, mm. it was uh, it was a Muslim attack. And nothing new. It was completely scripted. Ah. So, so that's a, a, an example. But there were so many whistleblowers that were made to actually reinforce the official story. It's almost as if they want to have people believe that there are more people who are nicer than they are afraid. And mm-hmm. to pump up that mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that people yeah. can't believe that people are afraid. Right. Even though they themselves right. are, exactly. are terrified of discussing mm-hmm. it. Well, that's pretty much all I have for this um, episode. Um, to conclude, thank you very, very much. Pleasure. Uh, we'll take a break here to finish the first podcast, and listeners can hear the rest of our conversation and how we got to investigating the alleged companies and alleged victims of 9-11 in the following episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll finish with another song by Simon Shack. All right. Cheers. Cheers. In the Clues Chronicle issue 2, or episode 2, whichever you prefer, you will hear Simon and I finish our conversation and discuss how Clues Forum began and what led to our creation of this podcast. If you'd like a sneak peek of anything we will discuss, the best place to go, of course, is www.cluesforum.info. If you'd like to hear previous discussions we've had with our other researchers, please search for ABS Podcast in iTunes under Fakeologist, or enter September Clues in the iTunes search. You can also join the discussion at fakeologist.com,
However, please carry a thick skin and do not look for fast friends. The hoax is ongoing, and very passionately misinformed people branch into pretty much every corner of the internet. But you probably knew that much at least already. It is the internet. Let's listen to some of those weird announcements made by newscasters on 9-11 as taken from the official archives of the five major news stations that collaborated on that day to present to you a false picture of New York 14 years ago. ABC, Fox, CNN, NBC, and of course, CBS. Bear in mind it's a document of the broadcast they prefabricated for 9-11. Let those simulations be a segue to one more track by Simon's band, The Social Service. And as for reality, let's keep it real together, folks. I'm going to interrupt myself and everybody else for a second because one of our senior producers, Mark Obenhaus, uh, is on the phone and he saw the incident. Mark, you hear me? I do indeed, Peter. Go ahead. Um, Well, I was leaving my house uh, to go to work and I walked down the street to go to the subway. I was at the corner of Franklin and West Broadway. And as I was approaching the subway, a tremendous roar uh, uh, went over my head, and, and I looked up immediately, and it was a plane, um, and much lower than I've ever seen a plane in lower Manhattan. And it was a large plane. I couldn't <coughs> identify it as anything specific, except that it was a commercial jet, certainly. Um, and it, it, then my eyes followed it, because this is approximately 15 blocks from the World Trade Center, and it, it just slammed right into it and was completely engulfed by the, by the building. It was extraordinary. No, no wings flew off, nothing like that. It just went directly in, creating this sort of cavern-like hole. It reminds you of the worst kind of effects mm. in movies that, you know, you're reassured watching a movie that it's an effect, but this is not. Well, Mark, uh, you and I are supposed to have a meeting not long from now. Uh, we'd prefer you to go and work the story, if you would, and call us back as soon as you can. I will indeed. Many thanks. Mark Openhouse, one of our senior producers on the phone who saw the incident, describes it as a large plane. Okay, we actually have an Eyewitness News reporter, Dr. Jay Adlersberg, who is downtown at the time, and he is on the phone with us live. Dr. Jay, what can you tell us? Hello, Steve. Um, I'm actually uptown at 86th then Riverside. I can see the World Trade Center from about half the building um, uh, up to the top. And about five minutes ago, as I was watching the smoke, um, a small plane, it looked like a propeller plane, came in from the west and um, uh, about 20 or 25 stories below the top of the center, disappeared for a a second and then exploded um, uh, behind a water tower. So I couldn't tell whether it hit the building or not, but it was very visible that a plane had come in uh, at a low altitude oh, okay. and appeared to crash into the uh, World Trade Center. Mark Burnback, a Fox employee, is on the phone with us. Uh, Mark uh, witnessed this from what we understand. Mark, were you close enough to be able to see any markings on, on the airplane? Uh, hi, gentlemen. How are you doing? Yeah, there was, um, there was definitely a blue logo. It was like a circular logo on the front of the plane uh, towards the, uh, yeah, definitely towards the front. Um, it definitely did not look like a commercial plane. I didn't see any windows on the sides. And as far as I knew, when I saw it coming down, I was like, well, LaGuardia is pretty far away, and that plane is really slow, and uh, definitely very low. And um, I'm completely panicked. I'm <laughs> freaking out. I can't well, believe what I just saw. We are all shaken by this. We are- Some of the key suspects come to mind, Osama bin Laden. Who knows, who knows what? Eric Sean is with us. Eric, I know you have a lot of sources at the FBI and other agencies like that. 
What can you tell us? Well, first, I apologize for being out of breath because I was walking down Fifth Avenue, uh, which is close to our studios, and I heard a, uh, a jet, uh, perhaps a 737 or a small Airbus, uh, flying low, unusually low over Fifth Avenue, making a right. I'm not going to say, that I don't know, I don't have any reports on what type of plane hit the World Trade Center, but people looked up and it made a, a right toward the, uh, toward the building. John, what we just saw, though, obviously, uh, if that indeed was a second aircraft that hit the uh, the uh, southern tower of the World Trade Center that obviously raises the specter of, uh, of an intentional uh, terrorist attack uh, here if, we're, if that is indeed what we are looking at. Uh, I don't know what the reports say of what type of plane hit hit the, uh, the tower but I did see a, a jet airliner that was fairly low. Tell us what you saw if you would. I literally I was waiting at a table and I literally saw a it seemed to be like a small plane I just heard a couple noises. It looked like it like bounced off the building, and then I heard a. I just saw a huge, like ball of fire on top, and then the smoke seemed to simmer down, and it just stung. Um, you know, a lot of smoke was coming out, and that's pretty much the extent of what I saw. We are going to join one of another one of our New York affiliates, WABC, for their live coverage. Plane overhead, and then all of a sudden I, I saw the sound kind of lo um, louder. Then I looked up. And all of a sudden, it smashed right dead into the center of the World Trade Center. It almost looked like the plane probably went through. I'm not sure. Winston, can you see? Are you on the north side there where the, the plane made uh, contact? Yes, I am. There where the, the plane made uh, contact? The, the plane... There where the, the plane made uh, contact? We also have Don Daler on the phone, and you know he's been with us on Good Morning America for a long time. And Don, where are you, and what do you know? I'm about four or five blocks just north of the World Trade Center. And uh, at about 10, I would say 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, there was a loud sound that I, I can only describe as it sounded like a missile, not an airplane. Then there was a loud explosion, and immediately lots of screaming. to take a break. Uh, and I don't want to cause any speculation, but that's the only way Take a break, take a break.
Thank you. 